0: Welcome on my another episode of my podcast. For today, I have Chantal Cornelius. She's a PSA national president. And if you are wondering what is PSA stand for, so you need to stay till the end. You need to listen what Chantal has to offer. She's a marketing expert and she gave me so much value how I can improve my marketing and how you can too, because marketing is 90% of the business. So listen Chantal, what she has to share, how she overcome her challenges when she been in a transition from employee to being a business owner and stay tuned hi welcome chantelle thank you very much for coming on my podcast yeah it's my privilege because obviously you are the psa national president of uh, the community a lot of people they wouldn't know what it is it's a professional speaking association and i've just joined and that's how we made the connection so i'm very grateful for that thank you yeah. for <laughs> having me absolutely so this episode is gonna be about you so we would like to find out more about you what is it you do and uh, what have you done in the past if you have any things you had to overcome maybe because obviously my listeners are people who are wanting to build a business they want to do something for themselves but obviously it can be very challenging so could you tell us a bit more about yourself and we'll take it from there I'll tell you a bit about
1: how i got to where i am with with my business because there, there there are some there are some personal elements and stories in there and and lots of lots of business stories and mistakes
0: okay.
1: i i've been running my business apple tree marketing for 23 years i set it up in 2000 uh-huh. and i i kind of fell into marketing purely by chance i i hadn't planned it at all i went to university and did a degree in agriculture mm-hmm came out of that thinking, I don't think that's really what I want to do. And I was really passionate about riding horses. So I thought, I know, I'll go and work with horses for a year. Mm -hmm. And one year turned into three. And I worked at various different stables. I loved it. But there was no money in it. And there were really long hours and you don't get any time off. So eventually, after three years, I, I got sensible and thought, I need to go and get a job. And I ended up Doing admin work. I was living near Oxford in England, and I, I ended up doing a sort of an admin job for a training college. And the man who ran the college said to me one day, I think you'd be really good at marketing. Mm-hmm. And I said, What's marketing? So <laughs> I didn't even yeah. really know what it was. But I'd been, I'd been doing some adverts for him to get new students in. I'd been writing press releases and posters and, and that sort of thing. And he said, It's that, but but more of it. So he was amazing. He he gave me a job. He, he saw something in me and, and gave me a job. And one of the courses that we ran at the college was a part time diploma in marketing. So he put me through through the, the course as well. And I suddenly thought, actually, I really enjoy doing this. You know, I was going out and talking to people, meeting new people, telling them all about the college and the courses and building relationships and found I really enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. So I worked for him for a few years. I was then headhunted by to a bigger training company, and then was made redundant from from that. That was my dream job. And the job I ended up with was I I kind of needed a job, so I took a job with a printing company, and it was it was okay. But mm-hmm. after about eighteen months, a friend said, "Why don't you set up your own business?"
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I did. <laughs> and I launched. I launched. After, I leapt from full-time okay paid job to working for myself with no income coming in I I had financial support from from a husband at the time so that that was that was quite useful that's lesson number one actually if you're going to set up your own business make sure you've got emotional and financial support Mm -hmm. because otherwise you're going to struggle I see a lot of people trying to run a business but they're also working full-time and that's that's really hard work so I set up Apple Tree. Originally I was working as a freelance copywriter. I wrote I wrote words. I still love words. I wrote copy for websites and press releases and brochures. And it and it just went from there. I don't I don't do any copywriting anymore for clients. I do all my own writing. But I had clients who started saying, "Well, we love the writing, but could you, you know, maybe do some consulting? Could you create a marketing plan for us?" Mm-hmm. So the business evolved and and what I do now is my time is split I well there are there are three areas really creating marketing strategies for clients so I'll spend a whole day with a with a client and we create the strategy that's part one part two is I mentor a lot of my clients so they they say to me well I've got the plan but I now need somebody to keep me on track keep me motivated and I have usually monthly Calls and Zoom calls and conversations with with clients to keep them keep them on the right path, mm-hmm. and then I also do speaking about all of this. So either on a, on a stage at a conference or going and running, I quite often run workshops for clients where I'm doing kind of the the, the marketing strategy for them. So mm-hmm. that's where I am. That's what I'm doing. And yeah, twenty three years on, and I'm I'm still loving it.
0: amazing amazing it's a it's a great a lot of valuable information you already provided so if i'll go back when you you mentioned you study uh, the agriculture school i can relate to that because i also studied the agriculture school uh, and uh, i really like uh, animals and uh, you know i live middle of nowhere we have uh, chickens and things like that so i'm really you know it's it's very nice but as you mentioned like the money is not really there and also it's a lot of hard job right a lot of hard effort and you were working with horses uh so it has to be very difficult Uh, it's like for hours like you need to wake up it's usually when you are a farmer you need to feed first the animals before you feed yourself right
1: absolutely i i still i still quite often do that and i'm very lucky where we live in the middle of nowhere as well we're surrounded by by fields we have a dog, we have a horse, we have chickens and cats, and quite often I will get up in the morning and look after all of them first, yeah. then I make myself a cup of tea and go back to bed. Yeah. Um, partic- particularly in the winter when it's cold and dark, I just kind of go and do all the animals and then and then go back to bed. But yeah, I always, always still still put, put them first.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's very nice because now we are in a position that you can do that, right? Because your business is working nicely, you have uh, established business, so you can do those things. But I'm just thinking because a lot of people because a lot of people are saying like follow your passion do what you love but sometimes it's difficult sometimes it's difficult like i'll just share a quick story i like cooking so i put on a food track i was doing it for five years but it was maybe nice passion but it wasn't bringing any money so i had to give up my passion basically and the passion what i had is not anymore yeah. uh I like a cook for others so basically I think it's like very often people would see like you know follow your passion but what I really like what for example Robert Kiyosaki is saying is you know build your business make money somewhere and after do your hobby do your passions do your horses do your animals because you already have something established would you think it's uh, it's a good approach to do or how would you feel very, very
1: definitely yes definitely I, I I love being able to walk out of my office and go and get on my horse you know she she's in a field out there i can't see her at the moment but the field is literally the other side of, the, of my computer screen and the window and for me to be able to do that is is fabulous i worked hard to be able to buy a house where i could have my horse here so that i can i can do that but i think as well in terms of working we also still need to follow our passions we need to do something that that we love doing because otherwise we wouldn't do it yeah otherwise I would go and stack shelves in Tesco's. Um, I think when we we run our own businesses, we have to do something that we believe in and that we love because otherwise, Mm -hmm. when the going gets tough, all you want to do is hide under the duvet, but you've still got to get up in the morning and go, right, okay, I'm going to do this. I love marketing. I love helping other people. Most people don't like marketing. Most speakers and consultants that I work with hate marketing. They don't want to do it. They don't know how to do it. And mm-hmm. when I work with them when they suddenly go oh oh I get it oh I can do that can I oh I'm allowed to shout about how great I am that yeah. for me is just fabulous you know I, I have clients who I watch them grow in confidence from oh no i I, I couldn't really shout about how great I am to hey look at me mm-hmm. and that's so yeah I think whatever we do to earn money we it's still we still have to be passionate about doing it otherwise why do it
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Otherwise there's no point of doing it. Yeah, definitely. And because you mentioned before that you you went working for one company other they after introduced you to the marketing so did you know right away that this is something what you know you you like doing you become loving doing and helping with people or did it kind of like when you were doing it more and more and you kind of found out that you are good at that and people have a good responses to uh, the message you were bringing and to the solutions you were having and after did you start liking even more or how how was that for you
1: that's a, that's a brilliant question. Nobody's ever actually asked me that question. The, the answer is both. I, I remember the college where I worked. So this is going back quite a long time. This is before email marketing, before social media existed. And the way we got new, new students coming to the college is we would advertise and go and do visits to schools. And people would phone us and say, can you please send me a brochure? Mm-hmm. we'd get a piece of paper we had a form and we'd fill it in with all the details and we'd put a brochure in the post to them mm-hmm. none of those people were ever followed up so when i first started working at the college they presented me with this folder that was about yeah you know, three inches thick with these these piece, sheets of paper and of everybody who'd inquired and had a brochure sent to them and i started phoning them and i still say to people just get on the phone And I started calling up, it was mostly the parents of students who were sort of 16, 17, 18, didn't really know what to do. And I would phone the parents and say, how's it going? Have you made a decision? Have you got any questions? And they loved the fact that somebody was interested in their son or daughter. Mm. And I had some fabulous conversations. And a lot of them then signed up, you know, some of them would say, yes, we'll come and visit the college. Yes, we'll we'll bring the kids over and we'll have a look. So, I started doing that and realized early on that it was really nice and it wasn't salesy it wasn't pushy it was just it was having conversations and I think for me this is what marketing is about it's always been about that. it's about having a conversation finding out what somebody's problem is and helping them to fix it so for those parents the problem was that their kids had mostly failed their A levels still mm-hmm. wanted to go to university didn't know how to get there we had courses that they could come and do that were more vocational, less academic, that could still allow them to go to college. Mm -hmm. So for them to have somebody phoning up and say, we can help you, they loved it. So that was the fairly instant, oh, I think I like this. As time went on, I discovered how much more I really loved it because of having more conversations, because of... I'd always loved writing as a child and I'd always loved trying to be creative. So when the boss said, design me a new brochure, oh, okay. So it, it kind of allows my creativity to, to come out. And I love playing with words. So, you know, the, the college was in Oxford and my office was up on the fifth floor, and I looked out over this sea of stunning buildings and spires and oh, just beautiful. So I wrote about that.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: the more I did that, the more my creative side came out. And when I kind of really let rip, it all gets very flowery and, and romantic and fluffy and fun. So yeah, it was it was a it was it started off with a kind of an instant love affair and then just developed from there. And I'm yeah still still loving it. It's crazy.
0: Amazing, amazing. Thank you very much for sharing that. I'm um, <clears throat> from that, what you mentioned is one of the things you mentioned that you they were having these brochures and after you followed up with them, yeah. And I think uh, this is a really powerful message because a lot of people, they try do once. They go and they hand someone, I don't know, email or brochure or one phone call. And after they get no or maybe or I'll get back to you and they never follow up with them. But in a business, would you agree that the money are in a follow up?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it's got it's got to be done. I get so many emails at the moment from people trying to sell me services that I probably don't need. And they send me an email saying one yesterday that said, could we could we book a 10 minute chat in the next few weeks? And I thought, no, because I'm not interested. So I deleted it. Yeah. I know that in another week or so, I'll get another email saying, I haven't heard from you from my first email. Have you had a job? You know, If you don't hear from somebody on the first email phone them get on the phone and and have a chat with them to find out what what they what they actually need and then when you do call them don't use a script um, because that's just crazy but yeah so many people think that one no not oh no i don't i don't want to disturb somebody i i took on a new client a couple of years ago who i met actually through through the psa the professional speaking association and we, we met up and we had a really lovely conversation. She was looking for some marketing support and she said, I'm, I'm going to go and think about it. I said, right, well, I'll phone you in a couple of weeks then. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I did. I phoned her in a couple of weeks and I spent six months calling her, leaving messages. I <laughs> learned a, a, a brilliant tip. There's a fabulous uh, member of the PSA called Anthony Steers mm-hmm. who does training in how to use the phone. And mm-hmm. he's, he's brilliant. And he, he said... When you phone and leave a message or you agree with somebody, I will phone you on Tuesday afternoon next week. So you phone back on Tuesday afternoon. And even if you get their answer phone, you leave a message to say, I promised I'd call on Tuesday afternoon. So that's what I'm doing. But you're obviously really busy. So I'll call on Friday. Mm -hmm. So you're never saying, call me back. You're always taking responsibility and telling them when you're going to call. And I spent six months doing this, leaving messages on Catherine's phone. And sometimes she answered and sometimes she like, oh, I haven't got time to talk. I said, great, shall I phone you on Monday? After six months, she said, right, I'm ready. And then she said, thank you for being so persistent. Thank you for showing me how much you care about wanting to work with me. Mm. So, you know, when people say, oh, I don't want I don't want to be a pain, mm. just get on the phone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um I definitely think is that two things is one is when you phone someone right and you know that you can help them you truly know that this is what you do and you can take their business their life or something to the next level so why wouldn't you bug them and phone them every week because you know it will benefit you and it'll benefit them so there is no reason I think sometimes people wouldn't be Afraid, they are afraid sometimes to phone because they are not clear on what they are selling and they are not 100% sure about the product or service. It sometimes doesn't need to be their business. Sometimes it can be for someone else. And because they are not sure and they don't have it integrated with what they are selling, after there is this hesitant to call because they are not sure if actually it's going to help them 100%, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: That's, that's a big a big business lesson that I've learned. If you're not completely clear on what you do, what you're selling work on that first because what you don't want to do is phone somebody and say hello well i think i can help I'm not really yes. sure i think this is what i do and, and this is what I, I i tease people who phone me and are using scripts yeah. because they say hello i'm phoning from such and such an energy company or whatever and i'll go oh hello how are you today is it raining where you are and it throws them because that's not in the script yeah. um, so and or if I if, if you start asking questions about oh how much does it really cost and how how, how do you make that product? Again, mm-hmm. they, they don't know. Um I mentioned earlier about the fact that I work with clients to improve their confidence and mm-hmm. their clarity, and a lot of it is around the clarity of their message and mm-hmm. that gives them the confidence to deliver it. And I, I, I test my clients, I phone them up and say, What is it you do? Tell me in 30 seconds, and they 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 can do it because Yeah, and it just sounds fabulously confident. So until you've got that confidence, don't pick up the phone, but don't use it as an excuse to not pick up the phone. Don't use it as an excuse to hide behind an email where you can write 5,000 words rather than, yeah, getting on the phone.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah when you mentioned that the email um, I, feel, I see it very often because i do have a, I coach people on a, a property business and so one of the things is you know is to phoning and scheduling those viewings but it's a very particular one so they need to mention it's, it's not normal you are not renting out this normally it's like it's a, one of the strategies so they need to mention on the phone the, that it's about company led and things like that and after i ask them like how many phone calls have you done and, and they're like i sent 10 emails I'm like, yeah, but we didn't discuss any emails. Not the same. Not the same. We were saying about the phone call. So would you, would you want to maybe share what is the difference between someone sending emails and having actually a phone call and having conversation? What would be the difference so people would really know the value of making a phone call?
1: Another great question. It goes back to what I was saying earlier about building relationships. I could send an email to a potential client saying, hello, I hear that you might need some help with marketing. Here's what I can do, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And somebody will probably look at that and go, well, I don't think that's actually the solution I'm looking for. And I don't know who you are anyway. So why would I read your email? If I phone them and say, you've been recommended to me, I hear that you're struggling a bit with your marketing. Would you like to tell me what's going on? I have a I have a very simple sales process that I use where I basically say, tell me about your business. Tell me what's going on. And what I do is I listen. So yes. I listen to what they're telling me about their business. And the second part of the process is usually for me to say, okay, so what's your big challenge at the moment? Now, most people, I don't even have to ask them because if I say, tell me about your business, they go, well, it's this and this and this and it's great. And then they go, but. I'm struggling with this. So they, they get into what, what their challenge is. Mm-hmm. And I keep listening and I keep gently asking a few questions and listening to what they're saying, listening to what their challenges are so that I can then say, okay, so your challenge is, for example, you're not confident enough to pick up the phone and talk to prospects. And they'll go, yeah, that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Then I can start talking to them about how I can help them. Until you know what that person's problem is, you can't start showing them what the solution is. Yeah. Even if it's the same solution, the same training course, the same speech for everyone, you've got to tailor the way you present it to them so that it shows that that you've listened. Mm-hmm. The, other, the other brilliant trick that I learned when you're talking to people is finding out where they are now in their business or their life and where they want to be and what the gap is in the middle. So a potential client might say to me, oh, I've I've got five clients and I want 50. Okay, so you want 45 new clients. Let's look at how much marketing you need to do that. Mm -hmm. And again, until they've identified that gap, they're not going to buy from you. And it's our job as salespeople in whatever we do to show how we can help them to bridge that gap. And you can't do that in an email. Just doesn't happen you've got to get on the phone or zoom or face to face and actually talk to people so that's the big difference
0: mm. absolutely definitely i agree i mean i can see it like a uh, often you know like people want to get it the easier way emails emails but isn't they're not getting anywhere and um You described it very nicely regarding this, like having the conversation. And the key of the obviously salespeople is to listen, not to talk, right? And uh, first tap into their pain points. Once we know what they are, we can find a solution. And sometimes we find out that actually we are not the solution. Sometimes we find out that they need actually someone else, and we wouldn't be the best fit. And we need to tell them as well. And and uh, one thing which I really like uh, it's when uh, someone has asked me but why not to send email why to phone call why to phone someone I really like this like um, explanation so let's imagine that you know you send me a message how, are I, how I'm doing and I'll just answer you yeah I'm good but you don't know you don't know that and I just said I'm good it's just words but if you if you ask me like right now how I'm doing and I say like I'm good you know I'm not good you know that from my voice right <laughs>
1: exactly exactly. i'm like
0: okay tell me you're, you're right and it, it, it's
1: we're very good if somebody says oh how are you oh i'm fine
0: yeah
1: but if somebody replies that in an email you're absolutely right you can't tell whether or not they are chances are they're not yeah. because if they were fine they go oh yeah i'm fantastic yeah and, and if i said to you yeah i'm fine you'd <laughs> yeah. still know that i wasn't So that's yeah, that's why. And even if you're having a phone call with somebody, you can hear it in their voice. You Mm -hmm. can hear if they're a bit annoyed, if they're having a bad day, if they're feeling a bit down, or if they're in the right mood. I've phoned people before where you know you can hear that they're travelling, they're in a car, they're on a train, and then I can say to them, "I know this is a bad time. When would be a good time to talk to you?" And they love that because it shows it shows that you're respecting their time. Some some people will send emails saying, oh, but it allows the person receiving it to read it when they want to, yeah. which is never going to happen. Because unless they read it there and then, they'll file it and they'll forget about it. Yeah. So even if you phone somebody and it's not a good time to talk, one of, one of Anthony's tips is actually to phone people and start off by saying, look, I know this is bound to be a really bad time to talk to me. And half the people go, oh, no, no, that's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, it's a very nice point what you are saying is uh, a lot of people are actually and I've been like that it's they are mismatchers <laughs> it's called like oh. they you say one thing and they want the other thing is I had this one client and I was like you know I can help you to build this property business we can do that and he's like well, what about that and questions questions all the time and I'm like oh my god I don't have you know uh, and it, he was also sending me like a lot of messages And I was on holidays in Wales this year and after I sent him just a message, do you know what? After reading all these messages, I don't really think anymore that it's really for you because it seems like you are finding excuses all the time and I don't have time for that. So, you you know, so, you know, I hope you'll find someone else. And after a week he replied like, I'm in and he sent me a first payment. I'm like, oh, here we are. (laughs) Yeah, some people need the other approach, yeah.
1: But you're right. We we have to as business owners, we have to be strict with the people who we work with. And if there if there isn't a good match, walk yeah. away. I've I've sacked clients in the past because they haven't done they haven't done their homework. You know, if a client is paying me for me to give them marketing advice and they don't implement any of it, what's the point? So yeah. I've I've said to some clients, I just don't see the point in in you paying me. Or if they disagree with me, then they just they they have to go. So yeah, it's important to to we don't we don't have to work with everyone. It it business lesson number three, it it can be really tempting to take every job that comes along, but if it's not right, I've I've turned down speaking opportunities where people have said, Oh, could you come and speak about terms and conditions? Well, no, because I speak about marketing. Why would I you know, I don't, I don't I'd make a complete mess of it. Yes, you might pay me for it, but you'd think I was rubbish and you won't recommend me to anyone. So, yeah, uh, there yeah. are times to walk away. Definitely.
0: definitely Especially yeah. when you're on holiday. Hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's definitely right when you're saying uh, turn people away. I mean, I, I had this exactly same situation with one guy just recently. Uh, I gave him a homework and it wasn't the first one. We, he's supposed to do things didn't excuse his excuse and I gave him an ultimatum like now it's a two weeks from now it's a code next coaching session these are the things what we are agreeing to do is there anything the reason why you cannot do it no we found any reason he couldn't do it it's like and I told him if it's not done we are not having any more session and we are done and the day before the session he said like I didn't do anything sorry and he and we finished and I'm like, yeah, because that doesn't lead anywhere because I know that he's not gonna get anywhere. Uh, taking money for nothing, it's, it's pointless. And after, yeah. uh, obviously, it's not gonna do a good brand to, to my brand, right, good name, yeah.
1: Exactly, because he, he will because he doesn't, because he wasn't getting results, because he wasn't doing the work, he will probably have blamed you for not getting results, which means he would never recommend you to anyone else who'll go, "Oh, no, don't work with him because you don't get the results." So much better to let somebody walk away when because they're not they're not feeling right. Yeah, and it's it's I, I find it really draining working with clients who are like that, who are hard work or not not doing the work. I, I have clients who almost as soon as I sign up to work with them, I've got a new client who I'm starting work with next week who I met at a PSA event. She lives in Australia. So mm. we're having mentoring sessions. It's going to be eight o'clock in the morning for, for me and I think six or seven for her in the evening. She's already busy doing the, 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 the bits and pieces that I gave her to do and said, you might want to have a look. Yeah, right. she's, she's just getting on with it. It's fabulous. I'm really excited about starting to work with her. Yeah. Whereas others, there are others who've just been hard work. It's just exhausting. So I <laughs> don't like that. No, oh, life's too short. <laughs>
0: and obviously because we'll get to it but the, you are a speaker on the stage and i really like i very often listen to jim Rohn, and uh, he's saying in his uh, speeches is like the whole point of training events and uh, you know conferences when people come is like it's not to train people you don't train them you find them good you just need to find the right people <laughs> and the whole point is just a lot of people come in the same time and some of them are good and some of them are not so yeah
1: yeah,
0: yeah. So it's just uh, doing it anymore okay one more thing Uh, not one more but this one which really wasn't very nice what you mentioned and not many people mentioned that in, in the past you mentioned that when you, were, you started, you quit your job. You didn't have income, but you had obviously a partner or a husband who were supporting you. And you also especially mentioned that you had emotional support. I know that the financial, people know about the financial support, and that's important. But can you tell me more about the emotional support? Because I think this is good to mention. A lot of people, would, I think, would benefit from that. Yeah, it's
1: another fab question. It's, it's something that's propped up all the way through the 23 years of my business about having having the emotional support. So I definitely had it when I first set up the business. My my now ex-husband was brilliantly supportive. He said, Yeah, great. If you want to go and run your own business, do it. I'm here to support you. He was in a very well paid job. And every time I got a new client, I messaged him, I got a new client. And he was great. He was really supportive about it. So having somebody cheerleading for you is really, really important um I I have I have a different partner now fabulous he's he's just the same but more so so I can say oh, I've got a new client or oh, I've got this and he's like yay wonderful I have a coach who I've been working with for about six years now when I get a big win the first thing I do is phone in and go Ian I've got a new client and he's always really excited and wonderful about it but over the years I've also built a support network around me so I have Friends, colleagues. I have a fabulous mastermind buddy called Donna. Um, people listening to this might have heard of mastermind groups. You can have a group of between six and ten people where you get together on a regular basis and you 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 share challenges, issues, what have you. I've always worked better with one other person. I had a mastermind buddy called Jill for many years. She then went away and and left left her own business and worked in corporate, so it, it sort of didn't work out. Donna and I met a couple of years ago, we have a zoom call every month, we actually meet up every every three months, she lives about three hours drive from me, she's coming to stay next week, it's very exciting. And we we support each other, not just in the business, but in the personal side as well. We are recording this in January 2024. In March 2023, I found out that I had to have fairly major back surgery and my business pretty much shut down for six months. The worst bit was the mental impact it had on me, because I couldn't ride my horse, I couldn't walk the dog, I couldn't go out in the garden. I couldn't even sit at a desk for more than 10-15 minutes without being in a lot of pain. And my brain was completely consumed with physically mending my body, that I couldn't I watched an awful lot of rubbish on the TV because that was what I could do. And I I did lots of sewing. But I had people like Donna and my partner, William, and my coach, Ian, and various other supporters going, is everything okay? How are you? And when somebody says, how are you? And you say, I'm fine. And they go, okay, yeah, how are you really?
0: Yeah.
1: So whatever stage you're at in your business, anyone who's listening to this, whatever size your business, make sure you've got, those supporters. And it's not just about having one coach or one partner. I have a whole load of them. I've got a fabulous group of book buddies. We mm-hmm. we got together about two years ago. Now we were brought together by a lady called Sue Richardson, who's a book publisher. We were all wanting to publish books. I'm on my third one. And she put together this fabulous group. And there are five of us. And we've been through thick and thin. They let me off last year. They put me on six-month sabbatical. Uh, but I started writing again in September, October last year. We had our first call again this morning, and again, fabulous support. And it's it's we're we're beginning to talk more about our businesses and our mental well-being. Oh yeah, okay. There's a book being written, but actually, what about all the other stuff? That was yeah. a very long-winded answer to the question. But yeah, find support in whatever you know, multiple multiple ways of people who can emotionally support you who can ask the how are you really question and then people who will just sit and listen as you bawl your eyes out and you just kind of go into verbal there to just let it all out really really important
0: amazing thank you very much for that i have a follow up question on the, this one because i know that there are some people let's say they are in a partnership yeah and yeah. Um, one or the other they someone will come with an idea like I want to start this business or I want to do I see myself doing that but let's imagine the other partner is not really supportive because they see a risk they are more like you know secure and they're like no it's too risky I don't, I don't think you should be doing that and they are kind of holding them down and basically because of that they tend to not do anything about it very often or if they go to some event and that happens they come back home and they share something like that they are all excited and they want to do it but the other person just knock them down back so you mentioned about having this emotional support so where people can go and find those people what would you recommend what would be good to do in order to find some of those people if somebody if people don't know where to look for them
1: start with the people close to you husbands wives friends relatives if they are not cheerleaders, if they are not the ones who go, yeah, it's a mad idea, but let's have a look and see if it's doable, then don't don't put them on the list. I <laughs> there was a there was a point where I had a virtual board. There's just <laughs> me in the business, but I had a virtual board that had Jill, my mastermind buddy, had my my now ex husband, I had two business advisors, and I had a coach. So there were the five of them, and I'm great at having mad new ideas, but I had a rule that I wouldn't take on, I wouldn't do anything with a new idea unless at least half of them said yeah it's a great idea Mm -hmm. so start with people close to you talk to people as well in your industry you know we're 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 both in the in the professional speaking association there are lots of mastermind groups in the PSA it's a really good place for people at any stage of their business to go to an event and and talk to other speakers and say do you want to have a chat can Mm -hmm. can you support me a lot of speakers are paid to do that but a lot of them particularly ones sort of earlier on in their career will be very happy to get together in in groups i've seen i've seen it work really well there are some fabulous speakers who are very happy to mentor speakers lower down i've I've mentored some of some of the speakers in the association who've come to me and said kip, kip, could you could you mentor me please mm-hmm. so that that works there are millions of coaches out there coaches where you actually pay them for their support i think are better than i had a coach years ago who was very new and she was wanting people to sort of practice on mm-hmm. and she was if i said Oh, that's a great idea she'd go okay yeah that's nice okay rather than going are you sure mm-hmm. <laughs> followed by okay let's have a look at this so mm-hmm. if you've got a coach who you're paying then it's more likely to work but vet them you know coaches will have chemistry sessions or discovery sessions with clients to see if they like the client or not but you've got to make sure that you like them as well my coach Ian is brilliant he, he knows when when to push me and when not so look look for coaches mentors, supporters look for groups look yeah. for oh I heard some fabulous advice I think it was actually at the PSA conference in October last year somebody was talking about being an understudy so in the in the theatre, there'll be the main actor, the leading actor, who will have an understudy who knows all the lines and is there ready in case the actor can't make it is off sick. But yeah. it was also they were also talking about having so the, the three levels. So if you're if you're in the middle, have somebody below you who is your understudy who you can you can bring on. Have somebody above you or you're their understudy. So you know, yeah. I I might look for somebody who is top of their game in in marketing or speaking or communications and go right they're my role model Mm -hmm. but i do have various role models i don't necessarily work with them but look for people like that who you can kind of go okay well what would so and so say about it and if you're brave enough just go and ask them go and ask if you can have time with them and i've I've done it with all sorts of business owners and speakers i've just said yeah if i buy you lunch can i pick your brains for two hours please Mm
0: that works okay okay amazing yeah i i remember the what you mentioned about the understudy um mm. cannot remember exactly his name he is original from uk but he moved to usa he was there uh, the,
1: it's a chap called phil m jones
0: Yeah, phil m jones and yeah.
1: yeah he lives in the states and he actually talked about he'd like to be an understudy to simon sinek he said if yes. i could be the next simon yes. sinek that would be fabulous and i thought yes. that's a brilliant brilliant illustration so yeah uh,
0: no, I think it's really it's really valuable, so you, if you have some opportunity it comes, let's say somebody will want to harvest a coach and they'll say like this is what I want, this is the maximum I, I can pay, and, uh, and I know it's not me, but I know someone who it is. So I can recommend them, and it's the same. Yeah. We need to help each other, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah. Thank you very much for sharing those uh, ideas, where people can look for uh, like-minded people, support a group of people, and I would really want to tap into lastly into this uh, professional speaking association because you mentioned that you know we are in the same group, and uh, I'm very new to that. I have the only reason is i think is because i didn't see it uh, that easily on the eventbrite when i was looking for events after i discovered it's actually not there there is a different software and um, and that's why i missed it and um, but i'm there just for a while but i already made some nice connections i've been on the summit looking forward to go to the summit what you are organizing let's stand out <laughs> so it's gonna be amazing so could you tell us a little bit more about this association so we can also promote it a little bit so if somebody would want to join not necessarily need to become a speaker but they want to you know improve their skills in speaking at any level so uh, because obviously you are a national president of psa for this year so you would definitely tell us more than i am a member just for a few months
1: <laughs> okay well that it's fabulous that that you found us and that you've joined, and and thank you for giving me the opportunity to to, to promote the PSA. The PSA has been going for twenty five years. This is in twenty twenty four. It is our twenty fifth anniversary. We're having a birthday party online in January, which everyone is is invited to. The PSA is a completely mad bunch of people. There are five or six hundred members throughout the UK and and beyond, and we all want to speak for a living so there are people who do keynotes there are people who run workshops and training sessions there are some members who run their entire business online delivering online training it's all about looking at how to earn money from speaking so it's not really for people who just want to improve their speaking skills there are lots of great trainers who can help with that toastmasters is is where i learned originally to 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 speak on stage the PSA is for people who want to earn money from speaking, either for their whole business or part of it. It's only part of my business, but it's it's still a really fun part. And we are all about connecting each other. We're about we have we have regional events all around the UK and Ireland and Scotland, and each event, each region meets every month and we'll bring together a bunch of wonderful speakers. We get really great speakers coming to present at the at each event. So there's always something to learn. There'll be speakers talking about how to do sales or marketing or improve your vocal variety or hand gestures or using slides. Lots, lots and lots of... It's all about sharing information on how to become a better speaker and how to run a better speaking business. And there's a lot of networking. So that's why for, for people who are looking for that emotional support... Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of mastermind groups, a lot of buddy systems set up through the PSA because like-minded people in the same industry, people going through the same challenges. And at most of the meetings, there's an opportunity for a couple of speakers to take to the stage and, and practice something new. We call it doing a showcase. You can practice some new material or if you're feeling a bit nervous. I actually I actually did a showcase a couple of years ago. I'm a fellow of the PSA. It's one of the, the higher levels of membership. And most fellows don't do showcases, but I've been booked to run a really important for me workshop at a big event in Dublin. So I went to my local region and I did a 10 minute showcase where I practiced the opening of the workshop and the close, And it was really valuable because you get feedback from members. Mm. And we have a gorgeous website with all the events on. We have a very active Facebook group for the members where you can ask for help and get support. That's another place to, to look for support and we run two national events every year we have a spring conference this year it's in london in april and then we have our summit which is the big three day conference which is in october 2024 so yeah lots of lots of opportunity for people to get together network learn connect and have fun actually we do a lot of having fun
0: yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah i've experienced few of the events a few of the regional events met some great people also had a chance to do my first showcase actually in december or november uh, last year in, in here in scotland and uh, I, I really find that very valuable because obviously where else if you practice at home and I do the showcase for my wife, she'll say, like, yeah, it's good. But you don't have any uh, feedback which is valuable for you because you need to know from another speaker because they know what works and what don't, what doesn't, right?
1: Yeah, yeah it's very nice when our friends say, Oh yes, that's very nice. But actually what you want is another speaker again really or have you thought about because I when I when I did my showcase I got some really good feedback that helped me to change the opening of the workshop which made it go down even better and so you need you need speakers to to help you with that so yeah, yeah well done
0: yeah. so I'll definitely include the link for the PSA um, in the description if somebody would want to join or see what's going on also if you have anything you would want to include in the description I don't know how people can get in touch with you regarding the marketing because marketing is the the most I think difficult thing in any business and uh, and uh, I'm really working also on that that's and I find I, I really enjoy it but it's I know it's very difficult to there's so many people so many brands and you want to stand out mm-hmm. as you you, is your motto for this year
1: yeah okay the the best well two two ways people can get in touch with me look me up on linkedin chantal cornelius i am the there are only about two or three of us with my spelling in the entire world i think i might be the only one in england so look up chantal cornelius but also look up apple tree marketing and that that you'll find me my website is apple tree And there's lots of free information on there. There are lots of newsletters and blogs. You can also order a copy of my second book, which is called Magnetic Marketing, which if you're a bit new to marketing and business, then that's a good one. It's a very practical nine-stage marketing planning process, helps with working out Getting, getting some clarity around who you are and, and, and what you do. But yeah, appletreeuk.com or find me on LinkedIn and, and connect with me there and come and say hello. That'd be great.
0: Amazing. Thank you very much for that. So before you go, I'll uh, have a very last question, which I asked for everybody. Uh-huh. If there is someone who is either starting a business or maybe they already started, but they may, may feel stuck a little bit or they don't know the way how to grow it, what would be like one advice would you give them in order to move forward?
1: I would actually suggest that they don't try to move forward too quickly, mm-hmm. that they step back from the business, mm-hmm. and whether they do this on their own or with somebody else, but spend some time really thinking about what it is they do and what makes them different. You mentioned earlier my, my theme for the PSA this year is stand out and it's so important that as business owners speakers we know what makes us different we know what makes us stand out and i think if if people can take time to do that that will that will really help that would that would be my 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 first yeah my my big advice but but like i said probably don't try to do it on your own mm-hmm. my my partner and i spend a day a month where we go out he runs his own business as well and we we've got one coming up, we we go somewhere, we'll go for a walk, we'll go and have lunch in a pub, we go and walk and talk and, and talk through all of our challenges. Because if you try and sit at a desk and try to work it out, you'll go round and round in your head. Whereas if you've got somebody else, friend, colleague, partner who can say, okay, just talk to me about what's going on, who can come up with other suggestions, Try it. Try Yeah, I would. I would say that. Spend some time away from the business. Step back and have a look into the business. say, okay, what is it that makes me stand out? What is it that makes me different? Hmm.
0: Oh. Amazing. Thank you very much for for the advice and the tip. And thank you very much for uh, being here today. I really appreciate it. And you are taking the time and you know in your busy schedule. And uh, I'm looking forward to see you again soon. I think we are doing workshop together. If I'm right, if you are there. It's Yes, yeah. we
1: are. yes, you're coming on an online workshop very soon. That would be that would yes. be fabulous. Thank you so much for having me today. It's been really lovely talking to you.